Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews throughout the 2018-2019 basketball season. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. On today's show, we'll wrap up the 2018-2019 Shocker season. We'll be joined by head coach Greg Marshall. We'll get his thoughts on the development of the team throughout the year and look ahead to next year and some great young players coming in. Taylor and I will also get you ready for the offseason and look ahead to 2019-2020, which should be a great year for the Shockers. All that and more coming up right after this. The Talk Angry Podcast is brought to you by Forge Audio Productions. For all your audio and music production needs, Forge Audio is ready to deliver the highest quality production that serves the artist. To receive a free consultation or quote from Brian, visit www.forgeaudioprod.com. That's www.forgeaudioprod.com. Or follow the studio on Facebook or Instagram. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge in our end of the season special. Taylor, the semifinal game in the NIT uh, was almost a microcosm of the entire season. There were ups, there were downs, there was enough there that you can say there's room for development and progress moving forward, but it does end uh, with a little bit of a sour result. Lipscomb ends the game on a 14-0 run. They beat Wichita State 71-64 in the NIT semifinals at Madison Square Garden. But overall, when you look kind of take a step back and look more big picture, I, I think you have to say a, a successful season for the Shockers. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it considering where this team was in, in, you know, in late January, um, you know, no one saw this, you know, coming uh, for, the, for the team to progress as far as it did. And um, I think Greg Marshall said it best after the game. He said it was a disappointing end, obviously, you know, it – you know, you have a, a lead like that in the NIT semifinals. You hope you can close that game out. Disappointing end, but, you know, you can't be disappointed in this group. You know, they, they really overperformed with uh, where they were, with how young they were. And, uh, yeah, to make a, a nice run there in the NIT, that was uh, pretty exciting to watch. One thing that you've mentioned in the past that has always stuck with me is when you were in the locker room after the NCAA loss to Marshall. And you said there was almost kind of a sense of, you know, it, it, it was good that that was over. And it's kind of just ready. Those guys, it was an older team. They're ready to move on to the next thing. It's not a slight to those guys at all. I can understand why after a long grind. But you look at this year's group, you know, they, they were generally disappointed in the result. Uh, they, they wanted to advance to the championship of the NIT. I think they're now hungry and, and ready to get back in the gym and, and maybe have more of an experience on what it takes to be able to win at this level. And so even though they'll still be a young team heading into next year, it kind of gets you excited for, for what could be to come. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, the, the locker room scene was just completely different. You know, all those guys were, were really, really bummed out, you know. Um, you know, I asked Eric Stevenson a question about the seniors. You know, he was tearing up just because you, it, it, you know, meant so much to those guys that, you know, they spent so much energy trying to get Marcus back home to, uh, to play in Madison Square Garden and, you know, in front of, you know, 100 family members. And, and then to, you know, have the game right there, you know, to go the last eight minutes without a field goal is just absolutely killer. You know, this team has had cold spells like that throughout the season. But, you know, for it to come up at the absolute worst time, just uh, heartbreaking for that group. And, 
yeah, I mean, it just, you know, every win meant more. Every game meant more. You know, every practice just meant a lot to this group just because of the adversity that they went through. You know, last season's team, you know, that's a top 10 team coming in uh, with an NBA guy in Landry Shaman. And, uh, you know, they, they just, you know, the, the way that that season ended was just really disappointing. And I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, they were just kind of ready just judging from the locker room scene, you know, they were just ready for it to be over. And uh, this season, yeah, just meant so much to these guys. And uh, I think it was just such a unique season. And that's really where it was special was just because every single game meant so much to this team. The roster changes from year to year. That's almost guaranteed. And it was announced last week Ricky Torres and Ron Brown would be transferring. Uh, certainly appreciate the contributions they made to the program, but probably an opportunity for them to maybe get a little bit more playing time at a better fit. And it allows Wichita State to really continue going out and, and going after those top-tier recruits, which we saw this week. Yeah, that's just, uh, you know, the the you know the new age of college basketball, really, you know, at a high-major program. Uh, you know, guys come in, and if they aren't able to, you know, crack the rotation, and if playing time isn't looking likely for the next season, you know, you want to find the best fit, not just for your program, but for also those guys. You know, uh, Coach Marshall mentioned on his last radio show that, you know, a guy like Deshaun Smith, you know, he could have backed up Landry Shamit that last year, and uh, he's he just wanted to, to go somewhere where he could play. So he goes to Louisiana Monroe, sits out a year. And then this last year, you know, just absolutely explodes. Averages 20 a game, was maybe the best player in that conference. He's going to get a really fat, you know, professional basketball contract now because he made that decision. So, uh, you know, Coach Marshall mentioned how uh, it, it comes down to that. You just want to find the best fit for these guys. You know, Ricky Torres with all those freshman guards coming in. Uh, you know, maybe they're about equal this season, but you want to give those those freshmen reps. And with Ricky being a senior, you want you want to see him go somewhere where he can you know showcase his skills more than you know ten minutes a game. And uh, same thing with Rod Brown. You know, really good athlete. Uh, I like his upside, but you know, going forward, you know, Wichita State, uh, just the level of recruits that they're able to bring in now. I think you can expect another another one here to come pretty soon uh, at the forward position. So. Um, yeah, just a matter of just finding the best fits for, for Wichita State and also uh, for these guys to be able to showcase their talents too. You talk about, you know, the opportunity to recruit higher at, or at a higher level. Wichita State signs four-star guard Grant Sherfield this week. Big recruiting coup for Coach Marshall, who has two top 150 guards coming into this class next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when Sherfield reopened his recruiting, a lot of people thought he was, you know, Minnesota, done deal. You know, Kyle Linstead, the former Wichita State assistant who went up to Minnesota, a uh, longtime family friend, helped place him at Sunrise. As you know, like uh, Linstead's father, you know, founded Sunrise. So, um, you know, just it just seemed like it was inevitable that Sherfield was going to go there. Um, I can tell you that Wichita State went really, really, really hard after him um, the official visit this last weekend you know you saw Greg Greg Marshall as a closer and pretty much the last two years since I've been covering this team he's gotten just about every single player that he's wanted and uh, this was another case where you know he probably comes from behind to uh, to steal the to steal the deal there with uh, Sherfield and to keep him home keep him in Wichita and that's really exciting you know the last time that he signed two top 150 guys Marcus McDuffie Landry Shamit so uh, probably, uh, you know, Sherfield and ATN, you know, that's a lot to live up to, those two guys, but very well could be pretty similar to that case. And 
just shows you, you know, the type of guys that Wichita State is in on now. You brought up McDuffie. Maybe talk a little bit about his NBA prospects. I know you talked to him. He's playing out in Virginia this week. Yeah, he's going to get a chance to go out there and showcase uh, his abilities uh, playing on an absolutely stacked team. He's playing with five guys that average like 19 or more uh, in, in their college senior years. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to show that he can, you know, put the ball on the ground, put the ball on the floor, attack the basket. And I think uh, people just want to see him uh, do it at this level too. You know, shot making, you know, six eight, you shoot like that, you're going to get a look. So um, if he can continue to make difficult shots, make three pointers, you know, off the dribble, off the catch, spot up, all that stuff, uh, he's really going to make an impression. And that's that's the point of this tournament. Uh, they're doing measurables today, uh, just like the NBA Combine, and they're going to play three games in three days. So if you go to that article on Kansas.com, you can find a link to, to watch those games. They're going to live stream them. So I think he plays at 8 p.m. Thursday, and then uh, just depending on uh, win or loss, they'll play again Friday and then Saturday. So, um, yeah, that should be fun to see how Marcus does. Uh, right now he's probably on the outside looking in as far as the NBA draft, but uh, would not surprise me if he uh, makes an impression in April, May, and then ultimately gets uh, gets a chance at, at Summer League in July, but we'll just have to, to wait and see how that goes. To put a final bow on this season, if you had to give a letter grade after watching all the games, what are you going to give them? You know, my my early uh, my preseason prediction for them was I, I, I put that target win total at about 18. I said if they can get to 18, that's about what uh, about the what this team should be able to do. That's right where they ended the regular season at. So uh, you throw on the NIT run, you know, you probably probably bump that up to about a B. Uh, if you consider where they were in January, though, it's probably probably an A. Uh, but then you you have to factor in you know how they got there in late January and the struggles. But um, yeah, overall I'd give it give it about a B. You know, with the the postseason run, um, I'd be curious what, what what would you give it? I'd give it a B, maybe erring towards a B plus. I mean, it's just such a different grading scale than past Wichita State teams, so it's hard to compare apples to apples. And I also I think there's you know different chunks of the season that you can look at, as we've talked about that win at home over SMU and then the road win right after that at Tulsa. I think those are turning points in the season. If I had to think of a high on the season, that's probably that win at Indiana. Just you know, see them going into an environment like that after everything that's happened. But there's also other games you could point to you the that first half against Baylor at home at Coke Arena they really looked unstoppable you know all the way back to the Providence game there were flashes and so I think overall uh, settling out of B is probably going to be good there as far as looking ahead to next year and some of the opponents that Wichita State will be taking on you got Oklahoma which visit will visit Intrust Bank Arena at Oklahoma State uh, VCU, South Carolina, and Cancun, possibility for West Virginia or UNI. So all sorts of storylines in that Cancun uh, invitational. So, you know, kind of what are you looking forward to as we look ahead? And what do you see from the non-con? Do you see them adding many more, you know, big names or kind of just filling in the schedule? Yeah, I think uh, I think you can expect one more. I think that they'll add one more quality opponent. You know, you look at the American next year, you know, it should be a really, really good year. So I don't know how much they really have to upgrade the schedule at this point. If you're playing OU, Oklahoma State, VCU, and then uh, South Carolina and Cancun. So um, I don't know. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of fill it out. But I, I do think that, you know, Marshall likes playing tough opponents. He likes, you know, 
testing teams in, in the early part of the season. So it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if it's going to be. Been you know, flirting with K-State for a while. That's a yeah. series I'd like to see started. That would and be whether it has to start at Bramlage, I, I, that's fine with that. But it's been these last couple years, it's kind of been, yeah, should we do it? Or I think Weber last year when he knew they were going to be down, <laughs> was like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and play this year. But that, that yeah. would be one I'd like to see. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. So I think, uh, I don't know if it will be a Big 12 team or if it's just a, a really good, uh, you know, mid-major team. But, yeah, I think, uh, and you have to take into account, you know, this Wichita State team is going to be super young still, uh, only one senior next year, only one senior the, the year after that. So this is going to be a pretty young team. I don't know how much he, he wants to test them if they want to chase that, uh, if they want to try to chase that at large bid for the NCAA next year. Um, it will be interest, interesting to see how they, they pursue filling out the, the schedule, and that will tell a lot about where they think this team is going into next year. Do you think they get one of those four slots for the uh, SEC American matchup? Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be really interesting to see how they they uh, fill that out. Um, like we were talking about before, you know, there's a uh, you would think that you know they're they're going to be you know a top four team most likely going into the American uh, preseason, but you know then you have guys like you know UConn, who's a, pr- a prestige program. Uh, they already play an SEC team, so I don't know if that's gonna affect it or not, but. Um, that's that's the team that could come out of nowhere and kind of steal that that bid from Wichita State. And but I would expect you know uh, Houston and uh, you know Memphis is probably going to get one. I'd imagine Cincy um, with the new coach. Cincinnati. I mean, they're still going to be good if all those guys stay. So is Cumberland coming back? As far I mean, uh, no one's uh, announced a transfer, so I'd I'd assume so. So if they have uh, all those guys coming back, they'll be good. Um, so. You know, somebody's going to be left out and disappointed. Uh, it should be UConn just because they already have, you know, those Madison Square Garden games. And I think they're playing Florida next year, too. So um wouldn't feel too bad for them. It would be a bigger deal for Wichita State, I think. And for our listeners, the SEC and the AAC actually announced today that they're going to have this uh, scheduling agreement where four teams from each conference will play a home-and-home starting in 2019 and 2020, and those four teams from each conference will be announced in May. So that's something we can look forward to and maybe take care of on a uh, summer preview shows. we start to look forward to next year. So Greg Marshall versus Frank Martin does something explode during that game it very well could be that that that'll be a fun one to watch nuclear Um, fusion and that sort of stuff yeah a lot of intensity but you know guys like that i think they kind of they actually like each other because you know they respect uh the success they respect how they do it you know frank's a passion frank yeah frank's another one that you know does it the right way um so I think, yeah, those two, it's kind of like a weird, you know, fans want to make, you know, Greg Marshall and, you know, Mick Cronin when he was here that they wanted to kind of force that to be like a rivalry. But, you know, they both spoke, you know, glowingly about each other. I don't know if that's how they actually felt, but, you know, maybe it's lip service. But, um, yeah, I think those those top tier coaches, they all have a mutual respect and uh, it'll be interesting. You know, a lot. I would feel bad for the referees in that game. I'll say that. I, I think most of the time the coaches that get bad blood between each other is when things are lopsided. Uh, I think you saw you you get some sore feelings there. If you're pretty evenly matched and you're going back and forth, yeah, I agree about the Cronin thing there. So, but I still think with as much yelling as could be going on in that game, something <laughs> might something, explode. Yeah, you never know. Last question, and then we'll get to Coach Marshall. Way too early, starting five for next year. Who do you got, Taylor? 
you know, day one, you know, a ton of people have asked me this uh, recently. So I'm going to day one to what it will be. I think it's going to be different. I think day one, I think all the returners have had the leg up. So I'm going to go Jamarius Burton at the one, Eric Stevenson at the two, uh, Dexter Dennis and Teddy Allen at the forwards, and then uh, Jaime Echenique at the five. Uh, would not surprise me, though, if those two freshmen, Tyson Etienne and Grant Sherfield, end up starting. It would be interesting to see how Marshall kind of juggles this because he has so many good you know, ball handlers. How does that affect uh, JB? Does he play? I think he might transfer more at the uh, translate more at the three, kind of be that secondary creator, and then put you know Sherfield, ATN at the floor on the floor at the same time, and then just rotate all five of those guys in and out. And um, so I think those two, and we have to wait to see uh, who they bring in on this last scholarship. Maybe that's a power forward that can start from day one. Um, and then it gets really interesting because you. You know, they're, they're so deep. They have so many good guys. It seems crazy that, you know, Dexter or Teddy could come off the bench. But Yeah, but what's interesting to point out is you just don't know who's going to step up just because there's a lot of times there's not as many young or new players. So it's easier to project, oh, this guy's been around two or three years. I expect him to now step into a starting role when he hasn't. Yeah. And, and there just isn't that level of uh, familiarity with a lot of these guys. Yeah. Red shirt situation could impact things as well. You know, Coach mentioned, I believe, in his last radio show that he. Yeah, you might you might see. Yeah. One of the, the freshmen, um, um, maybe they red shirt if it, it becomes clear that they're just going to have that solid. You know, Dexter can go down and play the two, too. So um, they have more than enough talent at guard. So it'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out and. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people just kind of brush off JB as the starting point guard and just assume that, that one of the freshmen will take it over. And, uh, you know, JB is super competitive. I love, you know, his grit, his fight. He's not going to give up this job easily. Uh, he knows his deficiencies, you know, the outside shot. You know, people are going under screens at the free throw line. Um, so he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be in the gym working on his shot. And if he's able to add that, you know, Marshall said on his show, he's a jump shot away from being an all-conference type of guy. And I just think that his, you know, those intangibles, his defense, his length, his rebounding, uh, you know, that's the stuff that Marshall loves. And uh, whether it's a point guard or small forward, I think JB is a big part of this team going forward. Um, but, prefer, yeah, I think that he could slide over to that small forward spot, be a secondary creator guy, and uh, and just bring it on defense and rebounding. And he, he I think he's going to be a big you know piece moving forward. How nice would it be to have your three-man be your release valve on, on a situation where teams pressing you, bringing a lot of difficult pressure. And it's like, oh, well, this guy used to be our starting point guard. We'll just let him bring it up if you're going to try and rattle yeah. the freshman. I really love the, the defensive potential of this team. You know, ATN is just an absolute dog. He's going to be get after it. Uh, if you have him at point guard, uh, you could have, you know, Teddy at the two, uh, or I mean, uh, Dexter at the two, or just wherever on defense. You have, uh, you know, Dexter as a lockdown guy. You have JB as a lockdown guy. You know, people forget, you know, that Lipscomb game, Garrison Matthews was torching everyone. Uh, JB shut him down the second half. He was 0 for 6 when JB was the, the primary defender. So uh, he's a really, really good defender too. So you have those three guys as top-notch, elite-level def defenders that can switch anything. And then you throw in, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, Eric Stevenson, maybe it's Teddy, uh, whoever's, you know, 
uh, playing well. And then, you know, Jaime Echenique is uh, just a human eraser back there uh, as, as the anchor for WSU's defense. So I really like what this team could do on the defensive end. And like we talk about uh, here with Coach coming up, the offensive ceiling way, way, way higher uh, than, than this past season just because of those freshmen. If they're able to come in and, and really, you know, run that ball screen offense and, and bring the offense that, that Coach Marshall is expecting from them. Uh, offensive ceiling is going to go way up. More and more, they're looking like a traditional AAC team. And as we've talked about on the show before, the AAC should be one of the top four or five basketball conferences uh, all across the country next year. So should be a lot to look forward to. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to the head coach, Greg Marshall. Hey, this is producer Brian. I hope you enjoyed this season of the Talk Angry podcast. We want to do everything we can to make this podcast better and better over the coming season. So we want to invite you to come take our 2019 listener survey. Help us make the podcast better, give you more of what you want, less of what you don't. Go to talkangry.net and click the link at the top of the page to take our survey. Really appreciate all the help. Thanks. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. We're joined now by the head coach of the Wichita State Shockers, Greg Marshall. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing fine, guys. How are you? We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, first question for you, you've certainly seen more basketball than I have, but I can't remember a team like you had this past year where there was such drastic progress with so many different individual players. Uh, as you look forward to next year, you add some impact guys, including Grant Sherfield this week. So how excited are you now to kind of have a young core of guys that you can grow with over these next few years? And what do you want to see from them most in the offseason? Uh, well, I tell you, we, we were so young and so raw early on, we just had nowhere to go but up. I mean, we weren't, we weren't anywhere close to being a, a, a complete basketball team that understands how hard you must play on both ends and how you have to execute and the, the quality of competition that you see at this level. So uh, it was it was rough, but what we did was we persevered through it. Uh, the kids never stopped working. They never stopped allowing us to coach them. Uh, they continued to stay positive with very few exceptions. And in the end, uh, we became a, a, a pretty good basketball team uh, still with a core that was constituted uh, a lot of freshmen, some junior college transfers, and uh, but, and we're still going to be very young next year, but we have a lot more experience returning, and it looks like now with uh, the way things are shaping up, uh, we're going to be still young but have a core group that has accomplished some things for the next couple of years. I'm looking forward to seeing how this gang of uh, players we have now as well as guys we have coming in which I'm very excited about are gonna develop and mature together yeah coach and we've seen the the level of recruiting it seems to be going up as far as uh, just the, the level of athletes you're bringing in uh, really good freshman class this last year and then you had you know two top 150 guys in Sherfield and ATN I was wondering has that changed the way uh, you've coached or is it just a matter of you know, you're working with bigger, stronger, more athletic players now in, in your system. 
No, we really have not changed at all the way we coach. Uh, we have been able to get involved with a few more guys that are fringe 100 players, top 100 players, uh, top 150 for sure, simply because uh, the success we've had over the years combined with the move to the American Athletic Conference. I think that's been the biggest key. Um, you know, I kept asking my coaches, you know, we go to the Final Four, we, we, uh, we, we go to the number one seed, 31-0 regular season, and end up 35-0 and to start a season. And then we, next year we win uh, against Indiana and Kansas and go to the Sweet 16. When is that going to translate into higher-level recruiting? And it, I kept asking that question. And, well, it, it coincided with our move. I mean, we had some top 150 players, don't get me wrong. Landry Shamit, uh, Marcus McDuffie, Fred Van Vliet ended up being in that group. And we don't even care about that, to be honest. But just from a from, you know media people and your your question, there is a, a, a faction of folks that, that matters to them. So we obviously want to get the best and the brightest to represent our program and our university. But in the end, uh, we want to get guys that fit, and these guys uh, fit. We needed some guards that could really handle it and, and score and play defense and run a team. And, and we feel like with Noah, with Grant, and with Tyson, to add to now JB as well as Eric Stevenson, we've got five quality young guards. Coach, you had the chance to play four games in the NIT with the amended rules. How did you like that experience, and are there any of those rules that you'd like to see implemented? I absolutely love the rule where you play the first ten minutes and no one shoots any uh, bonus free throws until there's five fouls, uh, and then it's two shots, and then if you wipe it off at the ten-minute mark and you do it again. Um, I thought that was a great rule. Um I did not like the expanded lane. That It was a little too big for my taste. Uh, it's hard to get any post-up action. Uh, but I did like uh, – it was, I was okay with the FIBA line. Um, you know, I would prefer our guys tow that FIBA line, but in the last game we were shooting too deep behind the NBA line. Yeah, Coach, and when you mentioned those five guards that you guys have coming back, you throw guys like Dexter in, you know, Teddy Allen is going to be eligible, you bring in uh, DeAnthony Gordon, guys like that, you know, you look at all those guards and those wings, uh, you feel like the, the, the defense, you know, obviously it improved last season, do you feel like next season you guys just have a bunch of, you know, versatile defenders, switchable guys, do you like how that that's kind of setting up on the defensive end? I hope so. Uh, I think our, our five men got really good at uh, at helping around the rim this year with Jamie and Asbjorn and uh, Mo early and then Poor Bear late. Um, but the other guys were just came along and got Dexter went from a, a, a foul waiting to happen to a guy that could really lock people up. And uh, you know Teddy's. Teddy's worked on his defense this year while he's been sitting out, and the Anthony Gordon should be a, an excellent defender, and we'll we'll sign one more forward here in the next day or so. So we're um, we're looking good there, and, and, and you know we have um, Eric wasn't great defensively early on. He got better. He learned how to gap people and 
JV got a little better, and now these three freshman guards are coming in, and they all want to play. So they know how to impress the coach, and that's that's with defending and, and knowing how to play. Staying on the top of the guards, Coach, you have two guards that are currently participating in the NBA playoffs. Maybe talk a little bit about what it's been like to watch Landry this year, and then also how excited are you to see the Aftershocks group got, got put together and will be playing at Coke Arena this summer? Well, I've got my Los Angeles Clippers gear on today. We've got a home game tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, now it's a best-of-five series. The Clippers have stolen a game at Golden State, so now they hold a home court advantage. Landry has just blown in the NBA away with his ability to move and shoot and score. Um, I, the, the Philadelphia 76ers folks loved him. I had a lot of communication with them, but you know, they were able to get Tobias and uh, Boban or whatever the, the big guy's name is in a blockbuster trade. So Landry found himself shipped to Los Angeles mid, middle of the year, and it's just been a great blessing for him because he's starting he's he's setting records for rookies shooting the three and doing really really well and uh fred van bleet is just now he's a core guy i mean in my opinion he's playing better than kyle lowry in these playoffs and uh they need him out there his plus minus is always one of the best for the raptors and usually one of the best in the league and uh really really proud of him bake was in here the other day rehabbing the He's in Wichita rehabbing his shoulder, so he's going to go to summer league somewhere uh, and be on a summer league team and hopes to reestablish himself in the NBA. And then you've got Marcus McDuffie, who's up at the PIT this weekend, uh, looking to impress some NBA scouts, and hopefully he gets a great destination to start his professional career in the league. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to the aftershocks being here. When is that? What's the date of that? I think that's in July. Late July. In July. Well, we're 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 not recruiting as much in July anymore because we're recruiting a little bit in April and a little bit in June. So hopefully, I'm around for it. I would really like to. First of all, I want to see those guys personally, but then watching them play and and seeing uh, who you know how they how they mesh will be fun. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, McDuffie there uh, with him and Samaje, you know, the two leaders this last season. I don't know if fans really understood just, you know, the importance, how much they really gave this team, not just with their, you know, the top two scorers, but, you know, whenever you guys, you know, late in shot clocks, it was either Marcus or Samaje. Could you kind of talk about, you know, how how difficult that's going to be to replace and who are some candidates that that you would like to see, you know, step up and become leaders and, and maybe fill some of that scoring that's being left behind by those two? Well, that's exactly what I just talked to in my first group of individual workouts this morning. Uh, at the very end of the workout, I said, okay, how much how much one-on-one are you guys playing? Um, somebody has got to be able to make a shot or create a shot, not only for themselves, but if, if they draw help or a double team, they've got to be able to create a shot for someone else at the end of the clock. And that's what Samaje did early on. Marcus did it all year long. But we didn't have a whole lot of other guys who could do that. Now, Teddy Allen can do it. Um, I think these newcomers, uh, Tyson Etienne, Noah Fernandez, and Grant Sherfield, all can do it. And JB and Eric and Dex and those guys, they've got to get better at it. They've got to get better at it. Uh, obviously, we can throw the ball on the block to Jamie or, or Poor Bear or, or Asbjorn. But short of that, these guys that have 
our returners need to work on that and and play one-on-one playing one-on-one helps you learn to create a shot as well as learn to defend a guy in the last five seconds of a clock coach we'll wrap up with four quick questions for you we used to do a segment called the final four quickies so just four questions to let the fans get to know you a little better what's your favorite movie my favorite movie is probably shawshank redemption What's your favorite golf course, and what'd you think about Tiger winning the Masters? My favorite golf course to play or, or see on television. Uh, we'll go play. Uh, my favorite golf course to go play. Wow, uh, man, that's a hard one. Uh, you know, there's so many good courses. Um, I pl- I played the Ocean Course this summer down in Charleston and played very well. So I'd have to say that right there would be my favorite to go play because I lit it up that day. That was I was on fire. What's your favorite meal? My wife's spaghetti. And final question, favorite to win the NBA Finals? Favorite's got to be Golden State, but I tell you, they, they, they got a little dysfunction this year. Uh, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm pulling for the Clippers to pull off the first ser- first round upset, and then it's wide open. I mean, the Bucks look great with the Greek freak, and but man, that West is so strong with Houston and and those folks. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. This is the time to watch NBA basketball because they're all giving giving it everything they've got, and they don't do that all year. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, Coach. We'll let you get back to it. Uh, just, you know, kind of to wrap up, I'll say I, I went to the Tulane game down in New Orleans. We went to the conference tournament in Memphis. We went to the NIT there in New York. And and uh, not telling you anything you don't know, but certainly have put Wichita State uh, kind of on the map as a national brand. It doesn't matter where these cities are going. You, you hear people talking about the Shockers and, and recognizing the program that has been built here. So uh, certainly appreciate it. Keep it going. We'll look forward to next year, and we appreciate you taking the time Austin, i appreciate that man we uh it was, it was it was a really fun run at the end with these guys they they really came together and, and uh they bloomed where they were planted you know and that's there was nothing we could do about getting in the ncaa tournament after we lost to memphis but or lost in at in memphis in the tournament but man they got the nit bid and they really played some good basketball so the last month or so last six weeks was really really fun not what you expected, but still playing in April, so still late run uh, regardless, so good stuff. Yeah, well, getting to the NIT was, was more than we anticipated with this group, for sure, because it, uh, it was about as green a group as I've ever been around. You have a good one. We'll be back to wrap up the show right after this. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Our thanks again to Coach Marshall for taking the time to join the show. We'll go ahead and wrap things up till the summer. Buy or sell for the last time this year. All right, so looking ahead, we kind of already did a grade but uh, for this past year. But looking forward, buy or sell, Wichita State is top two in the American next year. I'm going to sell that one. I really like this potential of this team, and certainly uh, within, you know, uh, 
you know the the capabilities of this, this team i think that's the ceiling but i still think they're one year away from com- competing for that american and conference title so i'm going to sell that this year i do think i have them fourth right now in my my pr- early early season projections if you'd have said top three, I would have bought it, but because it's top two, I'll also sell. I will say I think this group wins an AAC championship within the next three years. So, you know, let's go ahead and put that down right now. But uh, as far Sharp, as being top Sharpie two. On. Yeah, Sharpie. Sharpie. Okay. Marcus McDuffie's doing his thing, trying to get ready for the NBA draft, trying to show off for some of the scouts, show what he can do on an NBA roster. So there's lots of options now that didn't exist in the past for making an NBA team, one of those being a two-way deal where you spend half of your time being with the main club and the other half of the time in the G League. So buy or sell, Marcus McDuffie gets a two-way deal or better for this next season. I'll buy that. I think the NIT run certainly helped his stock. Hopefully he participates well, uh, not only out in Virginia, but in the different combine activities. And I think that's probably his ceiling, but I, I think that's very attainable. So I'll buy that. Yeah, I'm very attainable. I'll, I'll sell it for this season. I think he's still super, super young. Not, he's still 21, even though he's a college senior. He's actually a couple months younger than, than Landry Shamit, which is cr- kind of crazy to think about. Um, but I think... Uh, you know, in the next three years, I, I, I would buy that. But I don't know about this first year. I think he's got to put on weight. I think he's got to improve that ball handling. I think, you know, one, maybe two years overseas to really work on his game can do him wonders. And if he can get that body up to, you know, 220, 230 and really put some muscle on, I, I really like it. I love his shooting. You know, he, he's proved that he can be a tough shot maker. Uh, which is valuable in the NBA, but I think he just has to add weight and, and prove he can guard uh, you know, in the NBA. Do you think he'd be a regular roster player for the G League or do you think he'd go overseas where maybe there's a little more money to make? Yeah, I think uh if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, I think you gotta go overseas and make your money. Um, you know, I know he's talking to a lot of those guys, uh, uh, those seniors from last year, you know, Rashard Kelly, Zach Brown, guys like that, and, uh, who made money going overseas. So it's a great route. You know, it's a great position to be in. He's going to make a lot of money. So um, whether that's in the G League and eventually get a call up or, or going overseas, he, he's in a good spot. Okay, an open-ended one. The leading three-point shooter for next season is... Man, I'm going to go... Grant Sherfield. Grant Sherfield. Okay. Dexter Dennis. That's Dexter a good choice too. It I is a good choice. That. I, Eric, just, I think Eric is a is a, a underdog in that. I think he could I think his stroke is just too good to shoot twenty eight percent again. I think he's he's gonna have a bounce back year and it's gonna be closer to thirty eight next year. So he he's one that could sneak up in there and he takes a lot of shots from threes, so he he's gonna be one to I would put up there too. All right, now you kind of have to go away from Dexter Dennis for this next one because he already really kind of broke out. But you're going to pick one player for next season that's going to be a breakout star for the Wichita State Shockers. Who is it? Theodore Allen. I mean, we've been waiting on this guy for a long time. He's going to fill up the bucket. I feel like he's got several 20, 25-point games in him next year. I think he takes over. That, you know, leading role as far as scoring is concerned from McDuffie, Theodore Allen. Theodore Buckets, baby. Um, Man, I think, you know, Sherfield or ATN, those guys I'm very, very high on. Um, I really love ATN's game. Um, I think he he could be a guy that can step in and and be, you know, a bucket getter 
right from the jump. And um, I think that that would be my pick for the freshman. I love Stevenson as a, ba- a bounce-back candidate. We saw, you know, like you said, you know, Dexter broke out uh, the second half. You know, JB had a really good close. Eric, you know, his shooting just never really transferred. And I think uh, I think it is going to transfer over the sophomore season. That's a guy who could be, you know, a 10-point, a game scorer. And like we talked about, I think that's going to be, you know, the way this, this roster is headed. It's going to be more, you know, we're not going to have an 18-point scorer on this team. It's gonna, he's going to play a lot of guys, a lot of minutes, and it's going to be more balanced. And I think you could see, you know, maybe three or four guys step up and be double-digit scorers next year. Well, another season of Talk Angry comes to a close. Season 6 will be back with you in the summer to kick off Season 7 and get you ready for an exciting year of Shocker basketball. We are going to send out a survey. We greatly appreciate the listeners who tune in each week or even if you just tune in when there's a good guest. But uh, if you have the opportunity, take a look at that survey. Shoot it back to us. We certainly value your feedback and are willing to make improvements and enhancements to the show where we can. also want to thank you guys. You know, Producer Brian is the glue that makes this show go there is not a talk angry without producer brian not only from these great facilities here at forge audio productions but turning it around the timing is is not always the best sometimes as far as when we can get guests and things like that so far and away the mvp of the show is producer ryan but also taylor appreciate you being alongside uh kicking out great work all the time at kansas.com top top three finish in the mvp (laughs) rating you know (laughs) the beat writer of the year in the aac in our opinion but uh it you know it's great maybe i appreciate it a lot of times if if you don't have a future in journalism you can probably break down film for some (laughs) nba teams yeah future scout yeah. Future scout. Yeah. Uh, Marshall called me a uh, one uh, one of the uh, press conferences. I wasn't there. I was already in New York. I guess I I was gone. I, he was walking out and he was like, "Where's Taylor at?" And uh, they told him I was already in New York. And he's like, "Man, that guy's uh, he's a basketball." He called me a basketball scientist. It was the nicest thing anyone's ever called me. So I need to put that in my Twitter bio. Yeah. Greg Marshall once. Yeah. Basketball Greg Marshall scientist. once called me a basketball scientist. So um, big praise from him. Um, but yeah, you know, I love it. I love breaking down the, I love, you know, just looking at the X's and O's and seeing, you know, what actually happened. You know, you look at the box score and a lot of people just go off, you know, points, rebounds, assists, but, you know, looking at defense, looking at, you know, small things like boxing out, stuff like that. And just like the little things that, that coaches look for. Um, I really like it. I really enjoy watching the games back again. Sometimes they're rough, you know, watching that UConn 20 point loss that South Florida, not a lot to that was kind of painful on the eyes, but but man, you know this team, the growth that they had, uh, really incredible to see how Marshall was able to, to get this team to turn the corner from a team that just looked like it was just completely inept on offense, couldn't rebound, couldn't defend, wasn't doing anything well in late January, and to get them, you know, they looked like an NCAA tournament team from basically the conference tournament on, and. Uh, to get them to to reach that potential uh, kind of speaks to, to Marshall and how good of a coach he is. And um, it's, it's kind of interesting to think of, you know, where this season ranks in terms of, you know, his best coaching seasons. And, uh, you know, obviously the 35-0 and season, the Final Four season, to me those are, you know, untouchable top two. But, you know, I think there you, you think there's an argument to be made that this is maybe his third best coaching season at Wichita State? 
Yeah, I absolutely do. I think just, and, and we talked about it with Coach, but the level of improvement that happened, not only at the team level, but you can see in individuals. There was times in November where you're wondering if Mitgard, you know, is going to play college basketball again. And then by the end of the year, he looks like, you know, he he's one of your, you know, building blocks that you have at the five moving forward. So, and that's just one example. So I think there's a ton of those guys you could play. Yeah, I, I would agree with it. It's up there. I think some other good seasons was the year after Fred and Ron graduated and they kind of turned to Landry and, and Shaq and a bunch of other – and Connors on the team and just a bunch of players just stepped up that year. So it was certainly a uh, certainly a big step that year when, when everybody thought Wichita State would fall off that year and beat Dayton and, and take Kentucky. And if we had a breaking news drop, we dun, could go dun, ahead dun, and dun, put – But dun, it's like dun, a day dun, late. Taylor. Trey Wade, committed. Committed. Wichita, what a job by Wichita State. He was scheduled for a visit to Florida this weekend. Cancel those plans. Cancel that plane trip. He's staying. He's going to Wichita State. They're, man, he, he's undersized. I don't know if he can play the four. I think they're going to try to put him at the four. But, man, this guy, we're talking about freak defenders, freak athleticism. This guy is Dexter, Dexter Dennis level in terms of athleticism and uh, going to be a really, really good role player the next two years for Wichita State. be really interesting to see how he fits in. If they do play him at the floor, um, going to be really exciting to see. But, yeah, the, the defensive uh, – was I was already high on this team on defense. Man, it just went up some with Trey, Trey Wade committing. The roster is full, and what kind of timing is that? You know, uh, Coach Marshall said in his interview, might be seeing someone join the program here in the next day or so. And, might have, and here might it have is. needed to say the next hour. Yeah, that was uh, what a um, what a pull by him. Uh, but yeah, just uh, the finishing uh, touch on this recruiting class. And uh, Trey Wade's a guy that went to UTEP his freshman year, uh, didn't qualify out of high school, so he had to, to sit out a year. Uh, then transferred, went went the JUCO route, had a really nice year down in Texas, and uh, yeah, he was you know if Florida's going after you, that's uh, that's a pretty big time program. So uh, really speaks to uh, the level of athlete, the level of player that that WSU is in on now, and uh, another big recruiting win for the Shockers. You know, Sherfield getting him over Minnesota, and now getting Wade from uh, Florida, that's pretty big time. The real key is chicken and pickle. So I guess if you go to chicken Man, and pickle, you're just uh, that's chicken and pickle. It's going to seal the deal. Shout out chicken and pickle. Shout out Doodah Diner. Shout out Greystone. That's the cornerstone for a Wichita State visit. Those three, that's the holy trinity right now in Wichita. <laughs> they need a they – Full sponsorships from uh, from Wichita State going forward. They could forward. sponsor this podcast. They yeah. sure could. Yeah, yeah, we'll give them a shout-out all the time. We'll, we'll go live uh, playing chicken and pickle every week if we have to. I'd do it. Well, if that doesn't get you excited for next year, I don't know what does. Thank you again for listening all year. We certainly appreciate it. We'll be back with you in the summer. And as always, greatest five stars. Greatest five stars.